You are listening to a podcast of Ice and Fire, episode 154 for the week of July 20th, 2014. Welcome back everyone to your audible source for George R. R. Martin's A Song of Ice and Fire series, and occasionally HBO's Game of Thrones. As usual, this is Ashley, and this is Amin, and we're joined by two of our listeners today. This is Amber, uh, Amber Rocks on the forums. This is Greg, I'm Claudius the Fool on the forums. If you listen to Vassals of King's Rave or Vassals of King's Rave, you might have heard these guests before. We've done a few episodes with them over there. Uh, but this is their first time on uh, Podcast and Ice and Fire joining the Triple Gold Club. Uh, yes! So uh, we'll ask like, our usual couple of questions, starting with uh, how and when did you get into A Song of Ice and Fire? Uh, let's see. So I started off watching the first season on HBO and was one of those lucky people who was able to just walk in, buy all the books, the fifth book um, and the cookbook which I love and then probably so that was what 2011 and it was about two years ago that I found um, of the podcast I've done just one reread of the series um, next I want to do the audiobooks and um, the feast dance reread and um, I actually also, just before the fourth season aired on the show, we started back again with the first season and I re-listened to the podcast from episode one and was listening along with with the reviews with the first season. So then I'll do the podcast and the show up through the fourth season. So yeah, lots and lots of ice and fire. I got into the books uh, about a year before the TV show. I was working in the bookstore, and we started getting in all the, the books that had, you know, soon to be a major, you know, HBO miniseries. And I just figured I'd give them a shot. A lot of customers had recommended them to me, and I just fell in love with them. I read the first four books probably over two, three months, and then I, I only had about a six-month wait for uh, Dance with Dragons, which I know is is not that bad compared to a lot of other people. <laughs> Um, but uh, I started listening to the podcast right when I was just about done with uh, dance up till when you guys started discussing dance, and then I caught on to the others. So I started the podcast once I finished the uh, the first four books, so probably like early 2011. Greg was actually one of our listeners that came to Ice and Fire Con this year. Yes, I was. It was a lot of fun to actually meet people in real life. <laughs> we got to be at that panel where we talked about stuff that's off the record. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it, one more hoop for me to jump. Yeah. Maybe next, next year, yeah. You gotta complete like you get a stamp on your passport, your podcast passport. Yep. Have you done? I joined the forums though, so you're on there. Yeah, I joined quite a while ago and then uh, just finally after after all the wolf and dragon cast stuff started, I think and Kraken, sorry. Um, that's when I you know, just got so deeply entrenched that I needed even more, so started posting there. So you got your Manwitty lounge stamps as well, yeah. Yeah, that's that's what it's all about. <laughs> exactly. I joined the forums in like 2011, but I didn't post for about a year. And my first post was, I, I was just like, I'll just start posting something. And I had mentioned a spoiler chapter, and I got a message from a mean like, don't don't post that stuff there. So that scared me away for a year. <laughs> and then I then I came back. But at least you stopped yeah. post, posting spoiler chapters. It's like, that's like the one pet peeve I have at the. I just didn't know the rules at that point, but I've, I've stayed Stop within the mercy. bounds. Because <laughs> yeah. I, I have know to what mercy moderate. is, but I don't want even want to know the word mercy. Yeah. <laughs> I mod the forums, and when you put spoilers, I always have to look behind the spoilers to see what's in there. Like I don't moderate the spoiler chapter forum. That's where you do stuff. Mm-hmm. But like other forums, don't use it's. You're not supposed to use the spoiler tag and put it in there. You should go to the spoiler forum and do it there. It's just people don't get that. 
Without, without rules, there's <laughs> he's, chaos. He's just, <laughs> it's his rant time. Also, no typing during podcasting. Yeah. <laughs> we learned that the hard way on our own podcast as well. We? Yeah. And yet we still are guilty of it sometimes. Cough, Mimi. <laughs> <laughs> well, I disabled all my Skype sounds, but then I don't know when people are calling me now. I have to be paying attention. Okay, well, we're going to do, we're moving on toward the end of our chapter reread here of Clash of Kings. And we're starting off today with Theon 6. Uh, Unfortunate that we don't have Mimi or Kyle because they're both big Theon supporters. But I believe Mm -hmm. Amber has a chapter summary for us. I do. All right. Um, Theon 6, in which Theon can't sleep, probably because he's in Ned's bed. He's feeling like a whiny bitch and feels sorry for himself. Uh, Maester Lewin tries to give him some good advice, but he rejects it. He's called Theon Turncloak for the first time, and that sucks. Uh, He meets with Sir Roderick to discuss terms. Sir Roderick's two demands are for the return of Winterfell and Theon's life. Uh, Theon then threatens to hang his daughter Beth Castle, even though he knows that either they'll attack him immediately if he kills her, or just know he's full of shit if he doesn't. Uh, Maester Lewin is just about to convince him to take the black. Theon has big ideas of becoming Lord Commander at the Wall and getting all the ladies. Uh, why he thinks there are ladies at the Wall, I don't know. Um, when Ramsay and the Bolton men rout the attacking Northmen who, because they thought they were friends, um, Theon lets them in, but is bitch slapped into unconsciousness and wakes to see Winterfell being overtaken and Maester Lewin being killed. Yeah. And seen. Yeah. I hate Theon. (laughs) (laughs) He's a little prick. If only he's indirectly responsible for, like, this is the big blow to the North, and we don't see anything good coming out of the North of the fifth book after this, yeah. this chapter. This is a hard-hitting chapter at the time. Yeah. The, all the people in Winterfell being killed. Yeah. And they take the women away. I guess Beth Cassell is still alive at the Dreadfort. That's what we think. Like. Yeah, they haven't killed everyone off yet, as far as I know. Yeah, old Nan is still hanging on. So as long as she's hanging on, I'll be all right. But that's that's my table flip. (laughs) They killed old Nan. That's a table flip. We'll get the index of the next book and old Nan in parentheses. I'll throw it out. We'll see if if, uh, Ramsey has any dogs named Nan. Oh, Oh, God. (laughs) It's horrible. Somebody actually thought in Dance with Dragons there was a dog named Beth, but there wasn't. Like, that would have been a really sad thing to see. Because she's young, right? There is one named Kyra, though, right? Isn't isn't there a dog I think named there Kyra? is, yeah. Yep. yeah. yeah. Oh, well. How do you feel about uh, Mr. Lewin in here? And, uh, like, how, what is his thing here? Is he just trying to give genuine advice? Is he trying to do something? But he's also, I mean, like, a quick surrender is good for the North, for Roderick as well. Yeah, I think he kind of frames it like he's giving advice to Theon, but really, since Theon has bungled everything so badly what would be best for him would also be best for Winterfell. I never felt that uh, Lewin was like betraying the Starks by helping Theon out because he really did have Winterfell's best interests at heart and by forcing Theon to take the black, even though I never thought he would actually go through with it. I mean, it really kind of did take me back when he was actually contemplating it, but it, it did feel that it was it was the right thing to do for, for both of them, but he, he you could tell that he was he still, his loyalties lied with House Stark and Winterfell. Yeah, it's annoying because he gets really close to, like, he's basically going to do it. He's thinking about it. He's like, oh, if I'm all in black, I won't have a turn cloak and go for the wildling women. 
And uh, basically, if this he made this decision like half an hour earlier, it would have worked out so much better. It's one of those teases. Yeah, what might have been. Yeah, there's like one moment where he's talking to Sir Roderick, and he's he was talking about being a a hostage, basically, and you know he says he never quite realized it, but. He saw the truth, you know, as he said it, that that he was a hostage. And for one tiny, tiny little second, you feel a little bit bad for him. But really, that's about it. Being in his head is just like, you know, he's nothing but self-pity and regret and knowing everyone hates him, but not making any better decisions for it. Yeah, and you know, being taken as a ward, I mean, is similar in some ways, but it's really there to prevent another war and prevents the casual spilling of life. For for ambitious like a lord like Balan Greyjoy, whereas here he's just being a coward. Even his own men are pissed off with him for trying to do this. Yeah, you think for a second that like he's going to don his armor and go out in a you know nice shining glory, kind of like what they did in the TV show. But he just decides to just one more layer of just awful decision making on on top of everything <laughs> else he's done. <laughs> At least he's consistent. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but he did yeah. kind of have that He's badass beyond. line of, about, you know, the noose I wore was not made of hemp and rope. That's true enough, but I felt it all the same. Like it, like you said, Amber, it did make you feel for him a little bit there, but not not too much. I, I worry like the show was going to taint people's view. Like they're, they're going to be more sympathetic towards him when really these don't be, don't sympathize with that he, he needs to die. <laughs> I do always think, you know, his my my real father died in King's Landing. Like I think they did influence me a, a bit. Well, he comes to kind of that similar realization in the fifth book. Not quite that ham-fisted, but uh, <laughs> like that he should have been with the Starks, aligned with them. He accepts that by the end of the fifth book. Shoulda, woulda, coulda. <laughs> He's doing what he can now after being tortured. So. You know who's badass in this chapter is Wex. Like, I never really paid attention to him in the first read, but now since Dance with Dragons, I mean, he's the first to cross the line here and shames everybody else into doing so. Yeah, he stepped up, and he's, I forgot, he's hes really the hes the link between, you know, uh, Theon and everything that comes later with the Manderleys, and, and the Manderleys are there too, so they're, they're all there, it's just, it's the seeds of what comes later, but he did, yeah. uh, he did step up. He made a mistake, when he said it is like, everyone who wants to stay, step forward, but he should have done the other way around, right. psychologically. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because the shame could make it the first man to leave. Nobody wants to be the first one to leave. Lucky that Wex stepped forward. Otherwise, he was no one there. They sh- Roderick should have done what uh, the great, what uh, the Boltons did in the uh, show, is basically try to talk to the other men and make a deal with them. They hear typing. Uh, <laughs> sorry, I th- I'm trying to finish my chapter summary. I thought I muted it. <laughs> oh, you're doing a chapter summary? Okay. I was going to do for the next one, yeah. Sorry, I thought it was muted. Please don't kick me out. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone gets one. All right, thank you. All right, so we're looking. The men that were sent by Asha just leave, right? They don't have any loyalty to Theon. Yeah, well, and he says at least uh, the one one of his seventeen men. He came to the realization that you know he was just there for a glorious death. Like I, it, you know, maybe Wex is questionable, but it doesn't seem like anyone there is really there to support. Theon. Mm. Yeah, Black Lauren, and he's always, he's just like looking at this Theon with disapproval. They're just there to go out in Ironborn glory. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I've, aside from all the 
Ironborn dying, I kind of did feel bad for Black Lauren because he really, I picture him just this hulking guy, just moping around like, can I just get my good death? And, you know, <laughs> he gets it, but not on his own terms really at the end. But uh, he did, you know, didn't, going out with double axes swinging on, on, the, on the gates. But, mm. yeah, they all got it though. <laughs> Was Flint and Karstark, Talhart there, some White Harbor, but no Glovers because Asha's keeping them busy, no Boltons yet because they come later. Mm-hmm. No Umbers. It's a good thing Lord Manderly didn't come uh, out. He's home. <laughs> yeah. Could have died. Thank the gods it didn't happen. <laughs> Alright, so they have the parley scene where he's called the Unturn Cloak and Roderick's just stepping all over him. Uh, Truly I have lived too long, said Sir Roderick, which kind of had echoes of uh, Daemon and Princess and the Queen when he accepted that as well. Hmm. Lived, lived past his time. Now this this is the 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 chapter where also like turns me against Roderick because he's like made the two big mistakes. I mean like after you've already lost Winterfell, you got to be more cautious when the Boltons show up. You've already lost something to an unorthodox military thing, and here you just extend your hand to the Boltons. Yeah, when you when you think of all the tough decisions that all the characters have had to make, I mean the decision to to weigh you know his his Beth's granddaughter, I believe. Right? His Life. daughter, but I mean, it's yeah, his. Yeah, his I just to weigh her against. I mean, that's a that's an awful decision to make, and I actually I kind of I respect him for for not doing his duty because he did put family ahead first. But it's it's an awful decision to make, and I can't blame him for not making it. Although of course it would have solved everyone's problems if he just said F it and and went through. But uh, <laughs> he's too honorable for that. But he was going to attack. He just wasn't going to... Like, he was in the end. You think he was going to attack in the end? I think he was. He has no choice. And his men aren't going to just sit there and be like, okay, we're done. Like, if he doesn't attack, the rest of them will attack without him. I hope he was going to, but, yeah. you know, he, he should he should have fred from the beginning. He shouldn't have, have given... You know, when Theon gave him the offer to go back, he should have just organized it then and just done it there. I wasn't quite clear when Roderick um, offers to exchange places with Beth. Um, mm. and Theon is saying a valiant gesture, but I'm not that great a fool. Your sorry old skin is worth no more to them than any other man's, but why would they care about some girl? Like, isn't Roderick really the only one who would care whether they hang this girl? Yeah. That could be the whole noble thing. She's a maiden. Mm. Just I mean, you would hope shit. that yeah. they would. <laughs> yeah. They're not going to sit there. Like, they're going to have to attack at some point. Somebody will give the command. Like, if Roderick doesn't do it, somebody else will. Yeah, no one wants to be responsible for the death of a young girl hostage, I would think. Yeah. Yeah, Theon's responsible for that. He's the one who ordered it. All right, so let's see, where are we now? He's thinking about going to the Black, and then we hear that the Northmen are fighting amongst themselves. Do you think the, were the, I always read it that the Boltons, at least some of them were mounted, right? Or they were all on foot, I guess. I think No, so. I think they were because I thought somebody ran over Maester Lewin. Yeah, so at least some of them had horses. But it makes more sense, especially even with a smaller force. But if you're mounted and you just charged in, that, that you can take these people by surprise and just keep wheeling and charging. Like, they're wheeling and charging. They could be on foot, but I, was, I think at least some of them are mounted. Yeah, because he's... Oh, sorry. I was just no. going to say he said they had like five times... That the Northmen had like five times the Bolton men or something, but they still... Tore it through them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I assume there was a uh, you know some cavalry that they'd have, especially that they ran back from the Dreadfort you know a couple days before. They they couldn't have all just been on foot. Mm. But yeah, it shows you what a small you know determined force can do against you know vastly superior numbers. That's that's happened throughout history many times. It's surprises more important than numbers sometimes. Yeah, and the le- half the leaders got killed right away, like right at the start. So 
They're trying yeah. to form up, but not, they can't do it. So many people died in this chapter. It's like, <laughs> they, and then they're literally just dropping bodies in front of you. This one, this one, this one. It's yeah. it's, it's a gut punch. <laughs> it's funny that he thought it was Ash, Asha at first. Hmm. Like, who would, you know, you were saying that after the Red Wedding, Roderick shouldn't have fallen for for, for the Bolton's ploy but who would expect that really i mean it wasn't the red wedding yet but i mean or, just, no, I'm just, just after losing winterfell after yes. like losing winterfell like he's already made one big mistake he should be more and he knows the boltons are not so trustworthy just in general they've been causing trouble well, i i feel like that's a bit much to expect them to just up and try to take over like, that's yeah. out of so nowhere he, he, th- he thought he that the bastard of Bolton was so. dead so he, he didn't think there was anybody of like who had like the you know, like the leadership to come in and do mm. that. He thought and at that, at that time, the Bastard of Bolton wasn't working with Roos. Like, at that point, Roos was not okaying his actions. Yeah, that's, this is what, what I, I'm so. so curious about, is how much of a connection did they have? Did he just completely do it independently by himself? Like, he seems like to say protect the phrase. So. But is that because Roos told him to protect the phrase, or he's just smart enough to realize the phrase might be useful hostages? I think it just useful hostages. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't feel like he could have had much contact with... I mean, yeah. how would he get the letters back and forth? Without yeah, being true. seen, yeah. Well, because there was his whole explanation about... Because he thought... Because Theon thought Reek was dead. And then Ramsay tells him something about, you know, he traded clothes with him and just waited. So it kind of seemed improbable that he would yeah. get communication through... And it doesn't seem like Ramsay would trust him to, before leaving, be like, tell him to do stuff. Like, that's an idea people have suggested, but I don't think they have that quite that relationship. Yeah, I was always a little confused about just the whole Ramsay Reek thing. Like, the first time I read it, I, you know, you're just reading it for story, and I kind of just glanced over it. But when he does his yeah. little reveal where he's like, oh, that wretch, he died, you know, I switched clothes with him. That happened before Theon got him. That was, he was talking about when they originally switched, right? Because when he left, the guy who left, that was Ramsay. He was just pretending to be Reek. Reek was already dead at that point, correct? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like yeah. I never understood it either. Like, why why did that I was... reveal there? It was. It just seemed a little out of like. It didn't make sense there. And it does seem a little like save the phrase. It it, it, it seems like he's got to know something. Well, I mean, it, it could just be he knows that there that could be useful hostages. Like it, it, it's... well, yeah, but, that's true. There, the other there are other Northmen that could be useful hostages. <laughs> Yeah, or not really within uh, the the castle though. But I, I guess within the battlefield, they could have taken more hostages. They just chopped them down. But he was there and he saw the phrase and he could saw that they like he, in person. He saw them there, right? So maybe he that factor kicked in. Yeah, but if like if he's doing all this on his own without approval from Roos, then he's kind of almost the spark for the betrayals that come later. Maybe Roos like already saw that this was already going down, and he just yeah. was like, "Yeah, let's go." I think well, later on, Roos basically <laughs> throws him under the bus. Later, he's just like, "Yeah, like uh, well, actually, Roos threw him on the bus when he had heard about him doing crimes, like going after the women and stuff." Yeah. And at that point, he said, "Just whatever, you could kill him off." Because they said they had captured him. Like Roderick actually did something right and, and caught them like away from his troops, but. Then they switched places and they killed the wrong guy. They were basically doing what they were doing later, right? They were just chasing, like, women in the forest. Just mm-hmm. him and uh, Ramsey and Reek, and then they got caught by, like, Roderick's patrol. It's always a little confusing in my head. It's like the whole <laughs> poison at the wedding. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it, it, I mean, if for some reason Rob had won and come back, then Roos would have just thrown him under the bus right away. It would have been just like, yeah, this guy yeah. is. Yeah, he could have, like, plausible deniability there saying, like, I yeah. have nothing to do with it. It's just like the Bolton men... They followed him and did this major act. I mean, that's a big thing to do, to follow the bastard and come and attack the Northmen. 
Yeah, the first time I read this, I was just completely, like, I didn't see it coming. I, I had no idea that the Boltons had betrayed him. I mean, there were little hints, but they're, like, really, really subtle hints, unless you're looking for it. And it was a just took me completely by surprise as, as much as Sir Roderick. Well, and it's such a quick, uh, you know, you think that they're, in, in a way, since we're in Theon's point of view, coming to the rescue. And then, uh, you know, Theon thinks he's going to just give him the, what, offer me offer him the kennel girl and it's just like right there there was a tone of voice the tone in his voice that theon didn't like and it's just like how it goes downhill so fast for him yeah well, he doesn't know what he's dealing with this particular battle uh i don't know where george was said this but he talked about it at some point and he said that there's different levels of bloodiness in battle sometimes you have complete routes where everyone's killed sometimes people get away he said a lot of people got away from this battle, and a lot of them do end up joining, uh, just like the general men end up joining Stannis later on from this battle. Mm. Yeah, you'd have to, because the Boltons just didn't have the men to... There were, what, 2,000 Northmen there, and he had a couple, yeah. 600, he said, uh, at least a couple hundred, and they just didn't have the men to you know, to capture them, so it does make sense that they would regroup somewhere and, and, and come back with... Uh, they'll have another role to play. Do you think that... Uh, I don't think Theon could have held it even against the Bolton men, like if he had actually tried to hold castle there's still enough people outside to take him out yeah and i think well, he mentioned, if it came if it oh. came down to a siege they'd be stuck but he did say he had quite a i mean you can siege for a couple years i guess yeah but they only have 17 or how many people <laughs> yeah if he had so, actually he did have 50 or 100 guys he could probably yeah. actually do something or against least. the boltons he could yeah yeah but like still a lot of 2000 men just send up ladders yeah. and everything but now but now against 500 if he had 100 you right. could hold it Mm. Well, you also wonder at some point if, uh, <laughs> probably not in this story, but if some of the small folk, you know, if eventually, you know, they would have organized in some way. Mm. Yeah, they said put them outside and he refuses to put them outside. It's like, but like, you should just put them outside the castle. <laughs> Why yeah. are you holding on to them? He's just trying to keep his own little perfect world. <laughs> Even when he does right. the nice things, he does the wrong things. Well, they're not going to be killed out there either. He just wants to hold on to them, but it's just like. Yeah, they could turn on him in the middle of the battle. There's only a 17 or whatever. Gage, Gage the cook would have poisoned him at some point. He, he wasn't long. <laughs> exactly. So any final thoughts on this chapter? Are we good to go to the next chapter? Oh, there's just one very important thing. Theon calls his uncle uncle. He doesn't call him nuncle. So is nuncle, is nuncle just for the just for the, the ladies? Is that a female term? Or uh, I don't know what's up with that. But It's an annoying Ash term. It's just Ash. <laughs> I feel like we hear we heard Nuncle in the Princess and the Queen or in the Rogue Prince also. Yes, we did. Right. I remember noticing yeah, that. I think that was used there. <laughs> Maybe it's just a term of endearment for uh for Maybe the... it is a girl thing. <laughs> that was my only it... major point for that chapter. <laughs> good good point. I, you, I noticed you, you that. Use the term in general. Like when did he first use When did I first hear Nuncle or Uncle? <laughs> the Nuncle. Like when was it first used in the books and he used it? We should search is efficient. I think it had to be um, the whole moot thing, the, the queen's yeah. moot. It was Asha talking to either Aaron or Victarion. Yeah. She's so cool otherwise. <laughs> We're going on to Tyrion, uh, the final chapter. You there? Uh-oh. Uh, it sounds like it means breaking up again. <laughs> Maybe it's just him. Yeah, it could be. Amber and... Oh. What? <laughs> Amber what? Who, who's going to do our chapter recap? Oh, do, oh, I have the. I, I made up one. Is that okay, Amber? Do you want me to take a second? Do our chapter? Well, you got in trouble for typing, so you better do it. Okay. It better be good. <laughs> Mine's not nearly as snarky as yours, though. <laughs> okay. Or as, as witty. Well, tell okay. us about our final Tyrion chapter. 
All right, so this is uh, Tyrion 15. Uh, Tyrion wakes up after surviving the Battle of the Blackwater. He has a fever dream in which he is visiting the aftermath of the battle and observing the carnage. Uh, in his dream, he has no mouth, only skin where his mouth should be. He reawakens and realizes that he is not in his own chambers. Uh, various faces flash over him, including Tywin, Cersei, Varys, and Littlefinger. He has a dream involving Tysha from their time together, and then he reawakens for good. Uh, he finds that an unknown maester has been tending him. He sees the, he asks him his name. He's told it's Maester Balabar. Uh, Tyrion forces Maester Balabar to remove the cast over his face. Uh, he's given a mirror, sees his awesome new scar. He's very zen about it. Um, Tyrion then sends Balabar to fetch Podrick Payne. Uh, Pod returns and is told um, tells Tyrion that Tywin has returned to the city. Uh, he's taken up his role as Hand of the King and taken the Hand of the King's chambers in the Tower of the Hand. Uh, Tyrion asks Pod to bring Bronn and is told that he was knighted after the battle. Uh, he'll go fetch him. Uh, Tyrion refuses the milk of the poppy. His mind finally clears enough to remember Mandon Moore, the Battle of the Bridge, and Pod. And his last act before the end of the chapter is to basically swear Pod to secrecy and tell him not to say anything about uh, what happened during the battle. And then think of Taisha. Yeah, Taisha, Taisha, Taisha. <laughs> 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 okay. Well, um, pretty grim. Um, you know, he's dreaming about the battle and so many dead and the silent sisters. And I, I thought it was interesting. He he thinks to himself, "Why did I? Why did I kill them all?" Like, he really takes ownership of the battle. I I, I thought it was like, oh, this is gonna be bad because he's not gonna get any of the credit. Cersei's just taken over. Well, and he practically, um, he just about killed that maester when he, when he finally woke up and got enough strength to get his, what did he, was he strangling him with his chain? You know, it was a little bit of shay all over again. Foreshadowing. I'm so backwards. I'm sorry. <laughs> I mean, are you here? I can't, I don't know if you're, I can't hear you if you're saying anything. Can you hear me now or no? <laughs> no, okay. I haven't heard anything. Yeah, yeah. he's saying so right, much. Can you hear me? Something metaphysical going on. No, I can hear. I can hear you saying, "Can you hear me?" That's all I hear. <laughs> I'm back. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. Are you? <laughs> okay. I'm back. Okay. So all I'm the just saying is, stuff you just said. It's a trippy dream. All I'm saying is, tri- okay. like, do you think there's something metaphysical about it, or is it just a purely a dream? Which one? Just like you know, he's outside and flying and all that stuff. Yeah. You know, I've never I... actually looked into his dreams before. Remember the Targaryen blood, unfortunately. Yeah. I did think the one um, where he's dreaming about Jamie knighting him with his gold sword and Aurelian singing songs and everybody. That was so sad. (laughs) His father was smiling. Yeah. Yeah. That's why you know it's fake. (laughs) (laughs) Be more of a nightmare than a dream of Tywin smiling at you. (laughs) Oh, his father ends up smiling uh, when he dies. (laughs) Yeah, it's pretty dark, too. <laughs> yeah, I don't think there's anything like particularly for you know magical about that first dream because it's all stuff that he went through, or you know the whole thing with the mouth not there is probably from him touching his mouth and not feeling you know feeling the the, the mm. bandages. But yeah. I, I just I liked how it's you know it just because he really doesn't know the outcome of the battle and this is the first really that he sees of it is just the bodies and and you know they're they're mostly you know he mentions the stags and and the and the, and the flowers of florence and and everything and it's you're meant to know that they that they won but it's it's just a such a gruesome scene that it's uh, there's no real glory in it which is that's that's how he does his battles oh uh good job working fever dream in there sorry <laughs> ten, 10 minutes later we get kind of a flashback here to his time with uh, tisha 
And kind of a very sad scene, considering what happens later. Yeah, it's funny. She says, like, my lord, uh, my lord Tyrion, um, you know, you can't help but compare it to Shay. Hmm. But she really does sound, you know, they would kiss for hours and spend whole days just lolling in bed. I mean, it didn't last, but it, it, you, can, you can kind of understand why he clings to that so fiercely. Yeah, it's funny. Like he does, he 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 wants Shay, and but and then he also wants Taisha. But the memories that come to him are of are of Taisha, not of Shay. So as you know, that that's really where his heart, you know, truly lies. Oh, did that sound super cheesy? <laughs> um, just, Tyrion treats Shay like crap, as far as I'm concerned. So it just bothers me whenever it's like, oh, he, you know, he tried to love her, whatever. It's like, ah. he treated her like a whore. Yeah, he yeah he did, and yet he thought that he was treating her like a princess. So <laughs> that just bugs me. It's a pet peeve of mine. Oh, you just um... oh, me? if you are saying something, well, that means we cannot hear you. I can't tell if we're just not providing the normal level of conversation. It, like it never develops. <laughs> yeah, uh, what was that? One more. I'm time? saying stuff. This is. We had a lot. Something about stunted. We know he's stunted. He's a dwarf. You don't have to point it out. <laughs> Maybe it's a little. Emotionally stunted, right? <laughs> okay, there's a ghost in the machine. I don't know if he's maybe uh, <laughs> lagging or... Amin has gone to the Darkling plane. He's just going to type out his responses from there. <laughs> Amin's response is, he is emotionally stunted. <laughs> I don't think Skype likes this Tyrion chapter too much because it had no problem with Theon burning Winterfell to the ground, but doesn't want to talk about Tyrion's emotional problems. <laughs> Poor Tyrion. Well, according to the show, he doesn't have any. Sorry, yeah. I'm bitter. Well, it makes perfect sense. It's it's, it's can, mostly true. Can you hear me? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Quick, say everything you need wait. to say. <laughs> so just keep, keep keep moving on. I don't have a lot to. <laughs> Oh, I have... so keep moving on. Maggots. So I was like, oh man. <laughs> we may have to use maggots again sometimes. I think they use them for cleaning out. For cleaning out Skype? <laughs> it is pretty amazing that, you know, he considers for a second when he's cutting, when the maester is cutting off his bandages. It is pretty amazing that Cersei doesn't have someone down there with him. Like, if she went to all the trouble of sending the King's Guard to kill him. In a in the middle of a battle, you would think that when he's, you know, did she? She didn't though. Wasn't it Joffrey that that sent Sir Mandon? Oh well, the theory was that was Peter. (laughs) Well, it seems like somebody would have been able to kill him. He says, fortunately, this guy wasn't one of his sisters. So so Tyrion thinks that he belongs to Cersei, but whoever he belongs to, you'd think they could have just offed him right there. Unless he dies there. There's questions battle. There's no. He's pretty severely wounded. Yeah, but if you get stabbed, if you see like his neck cut. Yeah. You do. Yeah, is... maybe Varys is. But, looking... I think Ashley and I are in the same same page. Type it out. I'll read it. Page <laughs> in terms of, like we think Littlefinger is the one. Who's... Oh. <laughs> well, I know he's from the Vale, and and he was came over with John Aaron, but uh. This is one of those things where the TV shows messed up my thinking because I know they kind of they pushed a lot of Joffrey stuff off or uh, Cersei stuff off on Joffrey in the show, and I honestly can't remember which which was which, which is coming from where. 
You know, they shouldn't have even addressed the the whole who kill who uh, tried to assassinate Bran thing. That's still up in the air on the show. Sorry, random rant. <laughs> <laughs> I, I did think it was pretty funny when he's like, my lord, there there will most like be a scar. And it's like half his face is gone. Yeah, that's one thing the TV show really minimized, his little you know, three <laughs> stitches over his nose that, that got progressively smaller as the seasons went on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I understand why they did it, like that they didn't want to CGI out his nose, but yeah. I mean, Peter Dinglish is too good looking for Tyrion. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know how they could, you know, ugly him up, but I mean... Blonde hair doesn't suit him. They could have kept doing his hair blonde instead of this dirty <laughs> round color going on. Brownish blonde. Black just, teeth or something. Just continue to tell us it was blonde hair. That's all they had to do. Even though we're looking at brown <laughs> hair, they say blonde hair, so it's it's fine. We need to do an art book for the show. <laughs> we can all little of- rage out <laughs> during it. They'd only be ten chapters long. Yeah. <laughs> oh, your show kind of seeps into the. Uh, well, so that's interesting. That is interesting. Swords. It's a big one, I think. I think it's. The... <laughs> Sorry, I just can't. I can't hear him. <laughs> uh... Okay, well, I have Lysa chapter. I think that's the one. <laughs> I wish I knew what you were saying. <laughs> I, I, I can make out every other word. I know. Maybe you should just make this the, oh, here's the Skype survey. I would say this call was very bad. Anything <laughs> <laughs> else really say on this chapter? Yeah, um, I mean, really, it's pretty straightforward. Yeah, it's, it's you know, it's the ending chapters for all the characters. They're just wrapping everything up, so... Yeah. Most, most of them don't have any really big revelations going on. Yeah, you also just see the beginning of how everything's going to start going downhill for Tyrion more than it already is, where he's losing, you know, he might have lost Bronn, he's lost the Tower of the Hand, he's no longer the Hand of the King, it's just, you know, this is the beginning of his downfall that, that we see in Clash. Uh, Storm, sorry. But well, he's... I hope Amin can record his responses in post and just put them in. Like That's a good idea. <laughs> I'll be asking questions, and I'll just be silent. Uh, <laughs> well, I think. <laughs> Good point, I mean. Oh, yeah, we could just have us record responses responding to nothing. Uh-huh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Disagree. <laughs> Does it say anywhere on, on well, these what? Oh, sorry. No, I was going to wrap up, unless we have anything. My shocking lack of knowledge coming through. Well, Kyle's not here, so oh, somebody. I think he just wants to wrap it. up the chapter. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Thanks for listening. Check us out at dot dot dot. Oh, does he just want me to figure it out? All right. Thank you, listening to the podcast. Sorry for the poor production values. Me finishing this off is probably not a good idea because I'm using my headset that likes to cut out as well. Uh, you can find us at our website, which you probably are listening to this through. Um, join our forums. There's lots of crazy antics going on on there. Oh, San Diego Comic Con's coming up. I'm not going, but everyone else is. So we can cry together and or you can go and go to the meetup. Um, there's the meetup section in on our forums. So everyone's going to be there. I know Tara from Ice and Fire Convention is also going to be there, so lots of Ice and Fire people. Kyle does Twitter. (laughs) (laughs) 
Done. Done. Uh, I mean, he's done always it. posting done. his done. Uh, <laughs> Westeros <laughs> updates. <laughs> so that's on Facebook and Tumblr, I think. I don't go to Tumblr, so I don't know. Um, and this is the most awkward <laughs> Vassals of Kingsgrave. Yes, guys, check I'm out Vassals of Kingsgrave, which our people are lovely on. Um, any final words from our wonderful guests? <laughs> I hope it's not the curse of, 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 of us, <laughs> because I feel bad. <laughs> but at least oh, we had yeah. a really good Theon conversation where we could hear each other. Yeah. <laughs> okay, well, thanks, guys. Yes, thank you for having hey. us. This was a, a lot of fun. J, a powerful theory to the uninitiated, but we are initiated, aren't we, listener? Members of House Manwoody, join us on the Vassals of Kingsgrave podcast, The Dragonfire Rises. Oh, and Amin says emoticon. 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 I can't tell. Is that party person happy or is he sweating? He's sweating. He's sweating. sweating. <laughs> I'm going to say it's confetti. But it's a pizza party. Oh. <laughs> at first I thought I was sweating. I was like, oh no, he's upset at me. <laughs> how do you get... And there's beer. I don't even know how to do emojis in this. <laughs> the beer is sweating. How do you make them move? Is that Canadian? Is that a Canadian thing? I don't know. But now he's a ninja. <laughs> and a rich ninja with beer and pizza. Can you actually count the listeners turning it off as these go down? Oh, <laughs> Huggies from the teddy bear, I mean. Think of all the brilliant things he was saying. Mm-hmm. I agree with most of them. <laughs> Not all, but most. <laughs> We're sweating. Now he's laughing at us. <laughs> I'm incredibly punchy. Because he's an angel. <laughs> this is like white noise. We're talking to the spirit of, of him because he can't be here. <clears throat> <laughs> Best Michael Keaton movie ever. Oh, the tape recording the ghost. I don't know. I really loved him in The Other Guys. Uh... Where you kept quoting TLC songs? No. Nope. Uh. Okay. Time to leave. So I'll um, yeah. I'll send a call. So I'll I'll end it and I'll send uh, I mean my file. <laughs> okay. All right. Pleasure it's podcasting with you, Ashley. Thanks so much, guys. Take it easy. Have a good Thank night, you. everyone. Thank you for coming. Sorry. <laughs> this is awkward. <laughs> we got a high five emoji. All right, we'll go out on that note. <laughs> like anime, like Game of Thrones. Then check out the Bastards of Kingsgrave. The bastard offspring spawn from the aching loins of your two favorite fandoms.
Warning, most episodes are PG-25 and contain unexplained references to George R. R. Martin's published A Song of Ice and Fire series. Hey. Hi. Hello. Ten o'clock. Ashley. Sorry. <laughs> I'm going to try not to fangirl out here, but <laughs> it's, it's very nice to meet you. Hello. Hello. This is just too much in one day. <laughs> my themes are coming through. <laughs> How many podcasts have you done today? This is my fifth one in 28 hours, I think. <laughs> or, oh my yeah. goodness. What was the, what was the fifth? Or what was the one before? We did the uh, Planet of the Apes VOK. Yeah. And three did, oh, you said fourth. I'm sorry. I thought you said five. I thought I said fifth. I'm tired. That's right. Five. <laughs> Four. Sorry. <laughs> Not complaining. Hey, it's the age of podcasting now. <laughs> Apparently. Nice to meet you people. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm, I just got up, too. We're going to need you to record as well, Greg. Uh, yeah, I have... It is... Let me see if it's running. It is... It is just running. Yep. Excellent. Yeah. yeah. All my recordings today have worked, so I haven't had any issues, so hopefully that will continue. Knock on wood. Yep. All right. Are we all ready to go? Yep. Yep. All right. One, five, four. Okay. Vermin have been discovered in the county's tithe barns. They have been eating through your stocks of grain. 